0: talking about bullying. And with me in the studio is also Otis Walker, as well as Mr. Arthur Finley. And they have some things to share about bullying, because we've all been there. Some of us are still there. And we want to not only look at the problems, but we want to see some of the solutions. So I'm going to let these guys introduce themselves, some of you for the first
1: time. So... Okay, I'm Otis Walker, Jr., president of Tim White Publishing.
2: My name is Art Finley. I'm sales and marketing director for Tim White Publishing Company.
0: Okay. So what he's suggesting is that you guys look at the, the camera a little bit, and say, hey, hi, you know, let them know that you're here. <laughs> and you know what? You think about it. When we're talking about bullying, it's almost like the camera's your bully. You need to look at your bully. You need to confront your bully uh, at this point. This time, so what we're going to do is talk about bullying today. So we have you two gentlemen who have either been bullied or have been a bully. Which is it?
1: Well, in my case, I was uh, bullied uh, because of my speech. I have a speech um, impediment, so I I I stutter. (laughs) So mine uh, started out um, in elementary school. And a lot of times teacher would ask a question, I would know the answer, but I was afraid to raise my hand and give it because if I stuttered for fear of my uh, classmate would laugh at me or tease me.
0: So that was part of your reason for not doing anything or or participating because you were afraid that, okay, if I, I have an answer, but I'm afraid to say anything because I might be talked down to or put down because of my speech impediment.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: All right. What did you do about it, though? As you grew up, there were still some problems as you grew up. How did you arrest that, or how did you come to grips with the problem of uh, being bullied?
1: Okay, well, true uh, sure enough, I, uh, I graduated, of course, from John Adams and all that, but I got into the martial arts <clears throat> Excuse in 1969 because I didn't have any brothers, so I knew I had to learn how to fight in my own battles in case you know I was uh, teased in, in adult life and uh, martial arts taught me discipline, self-respect, self-awareness, and self-confidence too, and which a lot of people, um, um, you know, realize. That matter of fact, um, I met and trained with some of the people that Bruce Lee trained, and for those who don't know, that's how I met Tim uh, in 1987, uh, but through martial arts.
0: Okay, so you just mentioned martial arts was a discipline because, you know, and like I know, there are people who get into the martial arts to become bullies. That's true. So what what was the guiding force behind you not becoming a bully then? Martial arts give you that opportunity to say, hey, you know, I can get even with all these people who bullied me and said things to me or didn't do things. So what caused you not to be a bully?
1: Okay, I guess I could say the way that I was raised, my father, my parents, uh, because I had a lot... Of, uh, of respect uh, for my father, cause he was my hero and my best friend. And so I did not want to do anything to shame the family or his name or my parents. And so because of that, you know, that's why I stayed on the good side.
0: Well, see that's, that's good because saying, you're saying that you've been blessed and we're gonna come back to that too. You've been blessed to have both of your parents in the home. That's true. There's a lot of young people who are gonna watch this program gonna hear what we're saying, they didn't have both parents in the household. So what would be your your words of encouragement to a young person out there who don't have both <clears throat> parents in the house who may be bullied by mom or dad or being bullied at school and have to go home?
1: Hmm. Wow, okay, I guess I would kind of say to try to seek out someone who they feel that they can trust or talk to uh, you know, to kind of help and guide them along.
0: Okay, this program is unlocking the power of you, and so that's part of that unlocking. In order to unlock it, you have to come to grips with it, or where that power might be, and how we get to that power to bring it out. And with that, I'm going to segue right into art, because as Otis had made mention, the fact that he was bullied. You also said... Mainly
1: teased. Okay, mainly Mainly teased. teased.
0: But before we went on the air, we were talking about bullies. This program is about bullying, but we're talking also about bullies. Please tell us about your bullies. (laughs) Mr. Ark?
2: Bullies. It's interesting that when I first started school, elementary school, I was quiet. Respectful of the teachers and everything, and I'll maintain it all the way through school But once I got into athletics, it's not being uh, You got to be more aggressive uh, And that was started with not only female teachers telling me that in elementary school, but the gym teacher and stuff And as I kept going in sports like this here, that was the thing, you know Get up on him, be aggressive, and they're so it changes your personality because you're with a bunch of other individuals who are trying to be aggressive and are being aggressive. If you weren't aggressive, then you would find yourself sitting on the bench.
0: Now let me ask you this then, since she was talking about that. Where did that stem from? Because being aggressive in school is one thing, being aggressive at home is another. So did it start at home or did it uh, begin at school?
2: Uh, At my home life was very, was not aggressive. Uh, Two loving parents and self teaching you the right things to do, but that would change. You're gonna spend eight hours in school and you're gonna be in gym if you wanna get involved in athletics and I was pushed that way and I wanted to go that way. I shouldn't say so much push, I wanted to go that way. But you got to get more aggressive and more outspoken. So that's a hard thing to leave, to be two or three hours being taught there, and that just automatically leave when you're on your way home. Turn it off.
0: So, so you're saying you didn't always turn it off when you went home?
2: Uh, you would settle down because you're going home to your parents. Now,
0: did you, now Otis may mention he had two parents at home. but you're both your parents at home. Oh yes. Well. Oh yes. So I think a lot has to do with there was that balance too, because you know mom and dad. Mom might be the 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 hugger, daddy'd be the mugger. Because you get out of pocket, dad's gonna put you in your place. So yeah, we we had that balance then is what you're saying <coughs> at your house.
2: Absolutely. It was a balance in itself uh, and he would check you. Uh, one of not a lot of words, but when his words were spoken, then you know that was the truth and you abided by that.
0: Okay, so looking at that, you leave the house, you're away from the house because what our parents don't know, they don't know, right? You can be anything you want away from the house. So why did you lean towards bullying then? Uh, I know you talk about aggression and so forth even with the school, but why did you lean (coughs) towards bullying?
2: Uh, Because once you left the house, you were going with your teammates to school. And it was bully conversation, and we just be laughing and having a good time and stuff. And not not knowing that you might be hurting somebody's feelings. For instance, you came up on notice, man, why are you so quiet? It's not that I would pick with him. If he was quiet, he's quiet. What's up, man? And if he didn't speak, it's wondering why he's not talking. I didn't know that he had a speech impediment. So you have to be careful and know a person once you get to know him and so. I have respect for it, and we back off. But then again, most of that time after school, when you're going to play athletics, it's aggressive time again.
0: So what you're saying is that in order to get involved with athletics, you have to be super aggressive?
2: To be involved with athletics, to be involved with athletics, they want you to be aggressive.
0: Now, I'm asking that because I know a lot of young people may watch this program and hear this and wonder, hey, should I be aggressive because that gets me what I want if I'm aggressive, then we have to look at that and see if that aggression is leading towards bullying. Because that's the ultimate goal. If you're gonna be aggressive, why are you becoming aggressive? Why are you aggressive? Is it something that has been instilled in us or is it something that we grow into and we feel like I become a bully because I want to show people that I'm in charge?
2: It was never in my thought that I was in charge. But I was blessed in, in fact, the individuals say that, you know, if you do these things, this can help you in the end to be rewarded and perhaps go to college. No one never taught college to me. And so it's just my family's high school education, both of my mother and father. But you have that opportunity. Stay focused with me. Stay focused and be aggressive, and you can get to that dream.
0: So you keep coming back to that... But you stay focused, but be aggressive. Go out there and still do what you do. So, well, so what does that mean?
2: They, they were, and you know, to hear the word aggressive, most of my coaches back then were Caucasian gentlemen, and so to hear them say that, and so, and then once I kept going, when you have African American coaches too, that was the word.
0: Now you, you kinda of almost opened up a can of worms when you say you had white coaches who simply say you gotta go out here and do this. Then the black coaches start to imitate that. So
2: that's what if, they've been taught.
0: Okay. So if they've been taught that, does that mean that we should really revisit what we've been taught? Because a lot that we have been taught been taught wrong.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm saying up to a certain point with me and stuff, that aggressiveness is left in athletic fields, um, and that's where it should be left. When you come back in, you're a regular student, so you have to come down.
0: Now, you, you with that, you're saying that these young people who really don't have a, a clue about a lot of things going on. You're saying that they should be able to flip the switch and then turn it on and off. But how are they gonna learn how to turn it on and off if the only thing they're being taught is to go out there and be aggressive, do this, do this, do this, do this. So where do they get that, that information that they need in order to not be totally aggressive 24-7?
2: Well, you know, you go back to the same source. Uh, you find people within the school who think like you in the way they carry themselves. You get a chance to see them in the cafeteria, how they're walking around the school. You know, that person is sort of like me. I go to a group like that who are like me, you may have called them bookworms and stuff like that, they have their own little group like that, so they develop themselves like that. Me, I'm gonna be walking with the fellas, we're gonna be laughing and having a good time, but also when I was coming up, you would talk, you have to tone it down. When you get ready to step into the house, you have to tone it down well, see now what you're saying everybody is everybody doesn't have that
0: well, well they time. they have that ability to turn that switch on and off because they recognize there's a greater authority than them
2: absolutely and see
0: that's well, bullying is all about authority it's all about power so when someone's bullying they want you to see that they have the power over you and we realize when we're going home whatever i'm out, out in the street I can't bring that home if that mentality But I know my dad and my mom is at home and they have certain parameters that they won't allow us to go past then that means willingly or unwillingly I know there's a consequence if I go in the house and try to maintain that bully mentality
2: absolutely right. right. And, and if you're blessed not only with your parents but your aunts and your uncles because when we we're coming up there was a different type everyone particularly these days don't have all that so if I just have a mom there, and women around me, uh, maybe I've seen some bad situations.
0: Now, with that thinking about that, as as far as bullying is concerned, what you just said is is very powerful because we think about a, a lot of young people who are in a home with a single parent. Most of the time, it's mom, mm-hmm. and we have some of these young people began to display characteristics from moms. And guys on the street or guys in the school and see that hey say you're a sissy. You need to be, you need to be more of a man. So they're picking on, they're bullying them because they they say they're trying to get them that individual to change and become more masculine, if you will. Is that always effective?
1: I don't think it is. No. No.
0: Okay. Why not?
1: Uh, because I I think that some. Uh, is I guess they have it already inside of them uh, as to how they want to be, you know. And s- sometimes outside, um, um, uh, um, I guess, forces aren't going to change them in that respect.
0: So anybody can be a bully?
1: Yes, anybody.
0: Uh, Art's already proved that you can be a bully. Oh,
1: yes. And Absolutely.
0: Because he, he was a bully, yes.
1: right? Uh, when you use the terminology, no, no, you no, have to no. smile. <laughs>
0: <line, huh? laughs> Were you I was a bully, was yes a bully no?
2: that had a smile on my face. You the worst it bully then? Wasn't mean, demeanor.
0: Oh, yours wasn't a mean demeanor. You smiling and, and came rough, huh? It was aggressive. See, that's your word. That word aggressive. aggressive. Yeah. So you, what you're saying, contrary to what we <laughs> this discussion is, you're saying that I wasn't a bully. I was just aggressive.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That that was me. You an aggressive I,
0: bully or were you just aggressive?
2: I was aggressive. Not a bully. No, couldn't be a bully because at that particular first my first 20 years I was the only child in the family. I have a younger brother.
0: Okay. So, let's let's up let's go up a few years then since you said first 20 years it was just you. We, did you ever bully your brother?
2: No, because there was such a difference there when he was coming up, you know, I'm getting ready to go to college and stuff and basically what I saying, It wasn't a thing where that you pick this up and you do this and you do that, no. Uh,
0: then let me ask you this, Mr. Finley. What qualifies a person to be a bully? And Both of you can answer that. But what qualifies a person
2: to be a bully then? That's good, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm gonna show you who are potential bullies. It's amazing. So what are, you, what are you reading from then? I'm reading from no. Victim of Bullies. Okay. And Thank we you. have the author right here, Tim White Sr., victim of bullies. And I want to give the audience an opportunity to know who are potential bullies. And you may have just surprise you. It says this is a short list of people who are potential bullies mom, dad, siblings, teachers, students, coaches, adults, police, judges, attorneys, bosses. And one of the biggest ones is the social media internet outlet and bully people. So, wow, mm-hmm. that covers a lot of people. That covers when you started off with two people I love.
0: So when you talk about, we, I came from a single parent home, uh, and you guys came from a dual parent home. <clears throat> what makes a parent a bully then? Because most adults, even now, would consider what they do with their children discipline and not bullying so it is is, should be uh, looked at differently one is discipline the other is bullying so how do we distinguish between a parent who is a bully and we talk about that in the book and a parent who is just disciplining their child
2: hmm.
0: what makes the difference that th- you, you think that makes a difference
2: i think one of them if, if a parent is bullying that may be physical confrontation. Uh, if a parent's a discipline, I'll take something from you or you know you're supposed to do this. You have a job in a house, your job is to take out the trash, do this, this, and this. Art, I told you to take the trash out, you didn't take the trash out? So don't worry about going to the playground today. Oh no, you're taking that from me. And that really, that really hurt me. I can't get with the fellas and... No, you can't. Sit here, go in your room and do homework. Mm-hmm. Versus a physical con- confrontation. Now, go
1: on. I was just thinking as to what he was saying too. Yeah, you know. So yeah. I agree with that.
0: Well, what about the parent who is physical? <laughs> that's discipline too. It can be discipline. So where is the line drawn? Because as I said, we, I know we're going to have some young people listening There's some people who are going through this, and we know from our experiences going to the schools and talking to young people, there are many young people who are hurting in the schools, they're being uh, victimized at home by their parents. So how do we rectify that then? How do we know the difference when a parent is either bullying the child or disciplining the child? As you said, you might have to put your hands on I know the laws now are set up and so they say, you don't put your hands on your child, you give them a timeout. Some kids don't work well with timeouts. Yeah, We know that and I know it's a, we're gonna probably get some feedback from that, just that statement alone that it, you can't give everybody a timeout. Sometimes discipline is necessary. So when it's necessary, how do we know where the start point is and the stop point in discipline? And when it moves from being disciplined to being bullied?
1: Hmm.
2: That's very that's a good, good point. What else was go ahead, Oops.
1: I was just saying, that's a good question. I'm still thinking about it.
2: Okay. Um, is that you go to your room for two hours and you think about it and then okay that sets you in your room and I want to be out with the rest of the family and everything so is that bullying me? I think that is putting something in me that I have to follow directions when I'm giving directions, because now I can't go outside or you take something that I really want to do once I get home and do my homework I want to
1: go out to the playground and be with my guys. Yeah. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something that just made me think pertain to my life, okay I got a whoopings by my father and those whoopings kind of like helped to keep me in line to where I would knew certain things I would not do and uh, uh, I think it helped me in my case but I know that's not in every case. Okay. I didn't get beat I got a whoopings. Okay
0: know. now a lot of people a lot of young people today don't know what a whipping is yeah. you, know, you talk about whipping what is what is that uh we, we grew up getting that i know switches mm-hmm. you know you had all of that discipline it, so what your dad did was discipline it wasn't bullying and the question i was asking you guys where is the line drawn from that discipline to bullying because there are parents who step over the line and they're no longer disciplining their children they're bullying their children And one of the things that I look at as far as the bullying is concerned is it becomes physically abusive. It's not just a discipline anymore. It's throwing them, punching them, hitting them, kicking them. That becomes bullying. Yes. And as you mentioned with your dad, your dad disciplined. He whipped you. My mom whipped us before too. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't that she took joy in it. Bullying, a bully takes joy in bullying people.
1: Yeah. So if we want to
0: make a distinction, that's one of the distinctions you're gonna say though.
1: Uh, also in the psychological and the psychological scars that it carries too on that child as well, too.
0: And and Physical discipline, little. discipline is not wrapped around your fearing them, it's respecting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Bullying is about tough. fearing. Right. A bully wants you to fear them. Right. And there you have no other option. What they say goes. Discipline doesn't do that. Discipline has a, the reason behind discipline is to bring the better out of you, not to put bitterness in you. Bullying puts bitterness in a person, individual. And again, we talk about that at length in, in the book as well, but that's what I wanted to talk about with you guys when it concerns bullying, where do we draw that line? Where, what should a child look for, even in their own homes? Those who may uh, tune into this program wonder, well, I, I'm wondering if my mom was a bully. I wonder if my dad is a bully. What would be some signs that we can tell them to look for then to help them understand the difference between discipline and bullying? I know we just enumerate a few things, but is there anything else that we can look at and say, okay, that's, this would be a form of bullying for a parent or an adult to do this. so we're talking about parents right now. We get into the schools and the, and the coaches and other as- aspects, but understanding about bullying. Bullying is something that we're not born being. No. None, right. none of us are born bullies. No. So something has to happen in that individual's life, in that child's life, to make them become a bully. And if they or bullies as a young child, chances are, since it's been fed into them and it's grew into them, they're going to grow up and be bullies as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So what I'm asking then is, do we see the signs of bullying in the adults because it's something that was carried over from us when we were children? As you were talking about, Otis, your parents' discipline didn't make you grow up and say, oh, I want to punch somebody's head in, and right. so forth, or be filled with road rage. So... How do we, how do we help them?
2: I think the reason how we help them is that you brought up a very good point that I can tell when an individual or you can feel when an individual is bullying because the anger look in their face and if they put their hands on you, grab you, I told you to go to your room like right there. A different perspective now is that I take your toys away from you video games and things like that but you can feel and know that uh, feel that anger if individuals point his finger at it or he points you and hits you in your chest that's getting physical right there
0: now that's a scary thought because what you're saying about using that word aggression I know coming up as a child many of us saw adults do that poking you in the chest pushing you shoving you that's not discipline then. That's bullying. Yeah, right. And we've seen it when we went to these schools. You've seen some of these kids coming in. You can see the hurt in their eyes. Yes, We know that they're being bullied, but there are no solutions being given to that. And we need to help them come out of that and come through it. And they can't get that if those of us who are adults who know the way are not showing them the way.
1: Um, I think that one of the things that possibly could help that is uh, educating the parents. You know, the parents have to know and realize things that they've been doing, you know, uh, that's causing them to be a bully without them knowing it.
0: So the thing is then, it's harder for adults to admit they're bullies then?
1: I'd say so, yes.
0: Because we had a gentleman in the studio with us, he used the word aggression. Mm. Aggression. Aggression. There are some people who will listen to what you say and say, Well, I'm merely I'm just an aggressive person. And in fact, in reality, they may be bullies. But would they accept that they're bullies and make the necessary changes? And that's what we've been talking and about. That's the key. Will they will they make the change? Because that means it has to be a change of mind, a mindset, mm-hmm. right? right? They have to have a changed mindset about number one themselves. And it's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, I was a bully.
1: No, it is
0: right. Because if we, at least, if that person admits they were bullies, then they're on the road, the right road to make the changes that are necessary. Right. But if you never say, if you never admit that I was a bully, and the book is talking about a number of things that you can look at and see if a person is a bully, a bully. Are we willing to make the genuine changes that are necessary, and are we doing it? Better yet, who are we doing it for? Who yeah, who are change. we going to do this for? The change that we make, who is the change made for?
1: Of change? that individual. First, it has to start with that individual before they can can, can see changes uh, in their children.
0: Okay, or so... people they're around. Go on, you were going to say something.
2: All right? right, right. It's one of the things that we talk about all the time. You have to find the information, and then you must apply the information, application... And then that's when you can start seeing transformation, a change. But you have to have a source. And your source is say, for instance, in school, if it's not your parents, is to talk to a principal or another teacher, or if you're in a situation, a counselor. And so to...
0: Now, I like what you said. Now that segues into the other thing. What if that parent, what if that teacher, what if that guidance counselor is a bully? Because the child comes to you, Mr. Finley, they look at you and they they need help. They want help. They see an adult, and we always tell our young people to go to the adults, talk to them, share with them, let them know. But what if that child is coming to an adult who that child knows is a bully? When that child comes to that adult, it's not getting the resource information, that information, as you were saying, to help them. Because that adult is simply saying, look, boy, I don't have time. Girl, I don't have time for you right now. I have other things more important. So we throw them off and put them off. And that's a bully mentality when I say, hey, look, I don't have time for you. So how do we offset that demeanor from an adult when a child is looking for them to be an example, looking to them for help? I know we, I wrote about it in the book, but this is for us in this studio to consider. How do we get past that?
1: Hmm. Uh, hmm. I guess as far as when it comes through educators and, uh, and uh, schools, I think that the teachers uh, also would have to have a uh, a class on what to look for, on bullying, and what to look for when children uh, um, and from a bullying environment.
0: But look, I, I got my masters, I got my PhD, I got my certification, my qualifications, and you telling me I need to go to a class?
1: Yes, yes. Because, matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why we have a, a workbook you know, that speaks on that, on that very subject a PowerPoint of a victim of bullies, of teachers and administrators, because a lot of them are not aware that they are a bully.
0: Okay, so you have anything you want to add to that, Art?
2: Well, you know, when you talk about sources and you said that one individual uh, may not be receptive. Uh, if you're in a situation where you have other teachers and a counselor person, go to them. Don't just stop at one person where they may be an aggressive individual. Try other individuals. There are other sources that you can find. Um, I know when in, in elementary school, uh, I was getting in physical confrontations with individuals. Not that I brought it on. It's that because uh, the individuals who are approaching look different to me. And so I'm gonna respond. So that, but one thing that helped me is the principal saw something in me. And he said, you don't have enough work to do. I'm gonna give you an assignment every day before lunch to bring one item from the third floor to the basement. That's your assignment and stuff. So, so it's giving me more responsibility, made me more aware of myself and I felt My calmness was coming down with that. Uh, But other sources, you have to have, don't stop at one individual that says no to you or don't want to have time. You have other teachers that are there with you and also too if you're going to church, clergy, someone within the church. and that's one of
0: the missing components, too, missing ingredients, too. Many of us don't like to talk about our faith or uh, I, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, and to make Him a part of what we're doing. Because if we do that, if, if we love God like we're supposed to, and I'm, I'm saying that because that's my faith, if we love God like we're supposed to, then I can love you like I ought to. See, that's imperative too. It's important for us to know that I, I can love you if I love God and learn how to love myself. People who don't love themselves or even like themselves, they won't like you. They will find a, a reason to dislike you. Be- and one of the things that I'm sure some of our viewers and listeners, I know they've heard this, well, who do you think you are? Who do you think you're better than? That's again, that's a bully mentality. Who do you think you are? And who do you think you're better than? You may not have said anything, but they'll look at you and say, oh, you think you're better than me. Why, when you've done nothing? It's because most of us, and not most of us, in fact, all of us are carrying bad baggage. We're carrying a lot of stuff that we don't need to to carry. But the thing is, going back to what you said about the information application transformation, we have to first recognize the baggage. We have to recognize that we're carrying things, that need to be addressed, teachers, students, parents. It's a look at ourselves. And with the workbook, we create the workbook because this was a book to simply say to the educator, before you try to educate them, before you try to get that young person to change their life, has yours changed? What is your motivation? (coughs) Bullying happens all the time. as we said moments ago, none of us were born bullies. We become bullies, and most of us become, a lot of young people become bullies because they see something that was done that was effective in somebody else's life, and they say, you know what, I can do that. I'll be like that. I will be a a rebel, if you will. No pun intended, because we all come out of John Adams, we're all rebels as far as the school is concerned, but that's the thing that we have to look at. Why are you rebelling? What are you rebelling against? Even as an adult, remember, adults have luggage. They're bringing something into this relationship. If it's a school relationship or an environment, they're bringing something in. And just look at it this way. What if the husband and wife had a hard time at home and you're a teacher and you come to school? You had a hard time. You, you cussed out your husband, you cussed out your wife. Now you have to come in and spend eight hours or six, eight hours with these young people. Is that going to be easy for you? to uh, go back to something you said earlier, flip the switch on and off. Can you flip the switch off and say, I'm not gonna be a bully. I'm not gonna have this bully mentality with these young people. Or will you just simply say, hey, I've heard this before in school too. I got mine, you get
2: yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But when you're in a big position of authority, you have to be able to turn that switch off and on. Uh, when you go to work in whatever situation you're in, that happened at home. Now, when you have a position of responsibility dealing with other people, that was at home. Now I'm in front of these kids right here, so I have to turn it on. I have to be Miss Teacher, no matter what happened at home right there, it's a turn on, and that's what we have to learn to do as far as life. That's there. Once I get into that car and come into where I'm going. There has to be a change. Well, now let me play this. There has to be a a change. Let
0: me be the devil's advocate for a moment then. That's for the adults. What about that child who has to do the same thing? They're going through the same thing. They don't know how to shut it on and off because they've never been taught how to do that.
1: And seen no examples.
0: Exactly. So since they have no other example other than just going out there and being aggressive and being hard and being mean, that's what they know. We can't tell that young lady or young man, stop, don't do that, don't be that way. That's the only thing they've known. So, how do we offset that? We can say they need to stop it, but how do we get them to stop it?
2: What I would look at is, this. When you're in school, for instance, right there, find that one teacher that you have this feeling with that I can talk to this individual. Uh, If you see five or six of them a day, I'm hoping that you will find one that you like and you'll be able to talk to that individual and get the kind of information that you need. that's going to be able to help you, a direction.
0: Well, we also talked about it in the book, and it's good that you mentioned that because there are young people who are hurting, desperately hurting, don't know how to come out of that hurt. What do they ultimately do? They ultimately end up hurting themselves yes. or killing themselves. Suicide, yeah. And we say, hey, that's a bad thing. A young person, they didn't have to kill themselves. They could have uh, found somebody, but we don't know how bad they are feeling. We don't know what emotional level they're on. So it should be a sense of urgency to get with these young people and help them in some way. That's what's lacking. Oftentimes we're so busy. Again, that's a problem with bullying. Bullying continues because people tend to ignore it. It's not that bad. It's bad. It's worse than we want to uh, admit to it, that's why so many of these young people are now turning to drugs and turning to uh, suicide. In the book, I have a chapter in is just dealing with the suicides. All these young people, 11, 10, 9, 14 years old, killing themselves. Right. Why are they killing themselves when we say there's resource material out here? There's opportunities. But they don't know how to find it. See, what we tend to do as adults is we think, we make our children miniature adults. Mm-hmm. Because we know it, we assume that they should know it. And they don't. So it's up to us as adults to teach them. But you can't teach them if you first don't recognize it. You can't recognize it if you're not looking for it. And so many of us are not looking for it, and we only find what we look for. So if we don't look to see why my child is in the, uh, this young man or young lady is in this classroom and sitting in the corner, maybe they're being beat, abused at home, right. bullied at home, and they're afraid
1: and hungry too yes you know, a lot of them haven't had breakfast so know, from the night, well, dinner the night before
0: so what do we do we know there's a problem and here's the other thing that you mentioned you kind of hit it on a little bit in in the schools black children do things differently than white children right. mm-hmm. and when we have white educators teaching black children we need to be very matter of factly about that many white educators don't know what to do with a black child right. in the classroom. They don't know what the child may have gone through before they got to the school. And the only thing they see is when, because they're coming from the suburbs, they come from a nice home and a nice background, they come in and see Billy sitting over there sleeping. They want to rouse Billy and say, hey, but wake up, pay attention to my class. They begin to have a bully mentality with this child not understanding that maybe this child has gone through situation a situation, right. maybe in a situation, that they have not taken the time
2: to look at and examine and sensitivity and we have to understand that i had an individual tell me um she was working at a school within the inner city and the caucasian teachers white teachers from the suburb come in and say tim can't learn he can't be focused and so uh, how many in this room in the inner city have a computer at home raise your hand no hands come up and so so you don't have that. So, but you haven't asked the question, how many in this room have iPod? Mm-hmm. Raise your hand, that, Yeah. Get your hand up. Okay, too. okay. All right. He's bullying All right. again, <laughs> he's bullying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there, you said they have and utilize them. Don't say that individual can't learn, he's not teachable. Uh, you just have to take the source, what they have, And be able to use that, right? Make it, yeah. Even that's insensitivity, in so. Find out what they have, right? Don't categorize that whole room and say they can't learn.
0: Not only find out what they have, but find out what they need. Absolutely. And how can we apply that? Again, that conversation needs to be had. We're not having that conversation. Just like right now, we we still segregate. Well, we still two. segregate black and white. And instead of simply saying, you know what? The needs are the same, whether you're black or white. You may get more because you have a certain persuasion. You can get more, but we need to come together and understand that if we're going to do this, we all need to be doing it together. If, if that child is in the classroom who seems to be incorrigible, there's a reason. Are we ready? to find out and invest the time to find out what that reason is. And the other thing that we have to look at as far as bullying is concerned, we will fill up classrooms. We'll put seats, we'll put butts in the seats, but we don't put anything in their head. And because we're doing that, we neglect their mentality and we have to look at their mentality. We have all these children, every child that comes in, especially in the black neighborhoods and the black schools, these children are hurting. Right. We need to find out why they're hurting and if they're hurting because they're being bullied something needs to be done if we're not observing it and it may be the, again the teacher when a child comes to the principal and say you know what Mr. Mr. Wade up there is calling me names and Mr. Wade said I'm stupid or won't give me anything to do the principal shouldn't look and simply tell that, little, that young man or the young lady don't worry about that You just go get your education. That's the educator who's bullying me. I brought it to your attention. You're the principal. Are you gonna help me or ignore me? We have to be that way with our young people. And until we invest some time into them, this is gonna continue. It's not gonna change. It's gonna continue. We can say all day long, bullying, you know what? Stop the bullying, stop this madness. What are we doing? Going back to what you said, That's the formula that we use, right? That formula, I plus A equals T. Absolutely. Information plus application equals transformation. But that means that you're bringing something to the table. If it's something wrong and you see that it's wrong, then you need to do something to write it. Absolutely right. Bullying is a big problem. It's still, especially with this pandemic, the way it has been, right? That's right. The pandemic has caused people to be locked in the house with one another for long periods of time. That's why all these people running away and trying to get to Florida and want to do all these crazy things. Why? Because they simply say, hey, we want some freedom. We want to get out. But at the same time, I guarantee you when they got that freedom, many of them became bullies because when the police say curfew time or do this, now everybody wants to fight. You're taking away my rights. So that's a bully mentality. We, how do we? Change that bully mentality. Where does it begin?
1: Hmm. Each individual. I mean, I know it sounds like a blanket statement over yeah. here. Each individual has to look in the mirror, you know, and say, "Am I doing my part?" Well,
0: maybe to them, maybe their part is to be aggressive, to be bullies, to tell you what to do, how to do. See, most people don't think anything wrong with them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Most people think it's something wrong with everybody else. It's nothing yeah. wrong with me. Art's got the problem. Art needs to change. Otis needs to change. Right. People do not like to look in the mirror and see themselves. They always want to see somebody, somebody else. else right. A bully don't want to ever see themselves as being a bully. And yet we see victims of bullying every day.
1: Yep.
2: That's why Wait. I'm saying that, you know, uh, there's a source. Uh, there's a source if I go to one individual like this and I want the individuals to know out there uh, if that person doesn't give you what you want then you keep trying you find that individual who's going to open up to you and give you directions And, and the biggest thing it says that you're somebody special don't let nobody tell you you're not special you are because God just makes good people it's a situation that once we get out here, that good is trying to be overtaken by the bad. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't make a bad person. and You want them to understand that, that you have that. We've been to elementary schools, all three of us in there, mm-hmm. and you ask the kids at the end of our presentation, what did you think about this here? I know that these men love me because they come here. Because they care. That was so inspirational to me to hear that from a young girl that was between the age of 10 or 12, that somebody loves them. You didn't find somebody that loves you. You want to be there for every program that we give because you continually get that love. The love is out here, you just have to keep looking for it. Don't get frustrated over it. There's somebody who's going to listen to you, but the first thing is, that know, in the religious aspect, God does not make someone bad. You're perfect. No, oh, God doesn't make junk. We know that. We don't. Make, he doesn't
0: make junk, but we go out and find junk. Absolutely. That's the problem. We go out and find junk because most people want to be loved, but they don't know how to be loved. And many of us have never seen or experienced love yeah. because we've come up in an environment that has been non-conducive. I know in my household, when as, as a young person coming up too, I was called names. I was bullied at home. And the thing, it hurts when you're bullied. And most people don't understand words hurt. You know that old saying, I'm sure everybody in this room we've heard, it. sticks and stones may break words my bones, but ne- ne- if said words will never hurt me, words hurt, don't they? That's right. Because the, the right person said, if your parents call you stupid, that hurts more than... A thousand daggers from a stranger because this is the person who's supposed to love me if this person who loved me called me stupid irresponsible you'll never amount to anything that carries weight
1: yes and like the psychological uh damage that it causes to that person that can last a lifetime
0: They're scarred, Mm -hmm. they're scarred for a lifetime. It it doesn't mean that they, even though they're scarred, don't mean that they cannot overcome this situation because all of us have. We can come through it, but we are the instruments now to teach others how to overcome, because we've overcome it. we, We move from victims to victorious. And we move from being bullies to being better. If you've been bullied, you can do better. If you're a victim, you can be victorious. We have to not only teach it, but we have to be an example of it. Sure. Yes, these young people are tired and they know real from phony. They do, because uh, they watch. They watch and then they listen to what we say. And if what we're saying doesn't match up to what we're doing, they know we're hypocrites. Mm-hmm. And one thing adults don't want to hear from a young person, that you're a hypocrite.
2: Right, and the individual that brought us into the school told us. If you guys are not for real, they're gonna they lose know. right. You're gonna lose their attention. And soon as you told them that I've been through what you've been through, I've been abused, mm-hmm. I've been this, that, and the other, and homeless, and homeless. Then yeah. you got my attention. You'd have been there where I've been. So now, I value your opinion, opinion. How can I get out of this? And you're able to tell them how you can get out
0: of this. And, and with that too, uh, you mentioned that, going through foster care, and uh, young people listening, it's, it's not always easy. It's never gonna be easy. No. But the things that you're looking for is on the other side of the, the, the issues, the problems. And, and going through foster care and going through an abusive relationship or going through an abuse period, I know what it's like to hurt, but at the same time, I have a joy now. Because that was an experience and young people need to know that they can go through experiences and have joy on the other side. Nothing feels, you know what? Discipline never felt good when you were getting it. No, doesn't. It? it never feels good when you are getting it. But when my behind was worn by my mom, a few hours later, sometimes a few days later, and I'm recuperating, it felt good to know that my body is healing, but at the same time, she did it because she simply said, I wanted you to be better than that situation that you found yourself in. That wasn't bullying, but that was discipline, as we're going back to what we said earlier. And with love. Exactly, it was done with love, and it was to help me to see that I didn't need to fall into that pit that others can fall into because of not being loved. Mm. And because of love was there, it sustained me. Even when I went through the abuse, when my mother had tuberculosis, she was in, out in Sunny Acres. You Everybody remember back in the day, Sunny Acres here. When she was in the hospital, she couldn't be there for us, but she instilled some things in us that even in the foster home stayed with me. Absolutely. And because that parenting, that even though she was a single parent, she put the right material in us psychologically so that when... Things can befall us and befell us, we knew what to do. That's what's missing with somebody so many of our young people today. They're simply saying, hey, what do I do? What do I need to do? Yeah.
1: And who do we go to?
0: Exactly. Who do I go to? you yeah. uh, mentioned the fact that you, know, you keep <coughs> looking, keep looking, and keep looking. Some of these kids getting tired of looking <laughs> because they said, I've been looking for a while and nobody yeah. is listening. You mentioned the young lady in the classroom. She was elated over the fact that, man, finally, somebody's saying something to me that makes me feel good as a person. That's what they're looking for. They're simply saying, please, 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 somebody encourage me. Please, somebody love me. Please, somebody be there for me. Can someone lift me up with a kind word? Then lift me up where I'm broken down. They're bullied, but what do we do? And they shouldn't always turn outside the home to find love. And yet many of them do.
1: So yeah, they have to seek elsewhere. A lot of the time it's the wrong person. Which is not love, but they think it is.
0: Well, you know what, and I speak of this in the books, many of the books before too. Young people, kids don't know what love is. Children don't know what love is. You know what our children equate love to? Love to our children is a roof over their head, clothes on their back, and and food on the table. table. That's love to them. See, they look at love. Love to our children is merely security. And believe it or not, that's what most of us look for. And we equate love to security. And, And because we equate it to that thing, the things... We don't understand the spiritual aspects of love. And the spiritual aspect of love is, is not limited to my house. Yeah. Love goes to everyone, and it goes out to everyone. So when I understand that, it makes it easier for me to do that. You can't do what you don't understand.
2: Absolutely, you must understand what you do. I take another case in that school, also, where a young man came, uh, stood up and said he called himself Mr. So-and-so because I respect myself mm-hmm. and I want people around me to respect me. See, so get that from a peer. He respects himself. I go back to, you were made You were made perfect. God made you perfect. He yeah, understands that. And they have to be able to see that. You have to keep giving that information to them and bringing in individuals that have been there and done that.
0: They need it, they requested. they're begging for it, they want it desperately. And it's awesome to see, you know, uh, when we went to the school, when we first started addressing these young people, they didn't look you in the eye. They were looking down because they didn't feel like they were worthy. They didn't want to shake your hand. You had to grab their hand and shake it and then make them look up at you. But when this, before this virus hit, they were not only shaking your hand, They were looking at you in the eye, and they wanted to interact with you. Mm -hmm. This is what our young people really need today from us. It's easy
2: to be a bully. And one other thing about that, and we were going into the pandemic hit, is that each one of those male students had on time. Absolutely. This is what I think of myself. I'm emulating those men who are sitting up there in front and talking. And that's what you want. We want to try to give them a positive image and then also the right type of
1: information. And self-esteem. That's what we were teaching them.
2: That was a blessing, Mm -hmm. to see. That's true. And we were working on getting something for the young ladies, but the virus shut the situation down.
0: Well, we know we're going to be able to get back in there and do some things. Oh, absolutely. This is, that was a great introduction for us. And, and I think you guys are like me because I miss going there. We're there every Monday, and these young people are looking for us because they finally realized there were people who cared. And as a, their mentor was saying, hey, there are drug dealers out there, and there are all kinds of other people. He said, I've invited everybody here, but these are the guys that showed up. Yep. And not only did we show up, but we stood up. And we give them opportunities. We share it with them. They saw the love they felt the love not only saw but they felt that love and they felt that for the first time and I think that's why I look forward to getting back there every week because the joy that I knew we were going to experience when we walked through the door they're going to look for us that was like we were like candy
2: and they understood one big word that they were special somebody's telling that you're special and you can do this here and it wasn't family member it was a stranger
1: that's right, and also how to walk, how to hold their head up, how to shake the hand, and you know, look a person in the eye. You know, those are things that, uh, and they didn't know because they had nobody to teach, show them that.
0: So as we're coming to a close here th- today, we're talking about unlocking the power of you, and that's one of the ways to unlock the power of anyone. Is the first int- see we need to learn to introduce them to themselves. That's what they need. They need the introduction to themselves. And how do we introduce them to themselves by doing just what we have been doing? And that means going to them, sitting with them, talking with them, encouraging them to be better. And we need to do that. We can do it if we put our minds to do it. Now, we need to put a challenge out there too, to all those who are watching, all those who are listening, to do the same thing. Join us if you want to join us because We want you to understand you have the power, what that power is for. As you mentioned, R2, it's great that we can look and understand that, hey, you're precious, you're a diamond, you're a jewel, you're special. That's what's lacking, that's what's missing. There's not enough of us telling our young people, and I'm focusing on the young people right now because as time goes, we'll talk about it again for the adults, but as adults, we need to, be the best examples that we can be for our children, for our young people. Not only those in our household, but those who see us every day. What do they see when they see us? Do they want to imitate us? Do they see a reason to be the best that they can be? Or they simply say, you know what, that's more the same old junk that we've been getting there all the time. So we got about two minutes left, so either one of you have something you want to share with everyone real quick before we
1: well I hope that everybody enjoyed the uh, program and, and if you heard and like what you saw, please like and share and uh, Art, uh, I'll leave it up to the sales and marketing man.
2: Well I'm just yes. saying that you, so much of this information that we talked about is in this book, Victim of Bullies. This book is available at Amazon, amazon.com, go in, take a look at it, you'll get some information and get the book into your hands. And tell other individuals about what you have read and what you got out of this particular book. Thank you.
0: You can only get out of something if you put something into it, right?
2: Right. Yep. Absolutely.
0: And, and we don't have to be bullies.
2: Nope. That's
1: right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we we know now. Our, our program is. Bye bye. See you next week. Okay.
1: Peace and blessings.